Hey, thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. How y'all doing? You feel good? Come on, come on, come on. I know that it's cold. You feel good? All right, that's a little bit better. Uh, It's great to see all of you and love what God is doing. how many of you guys loved Andy Bird last week? I, uh, I did. Um, I just wanted to tell you for me, um, in our 21 days of prayer, I'm not sure what are some of the prayer points that you put in your 21 days of prayer and fasting, but one of the pieces for me was I was just praying and asking God about um, just more opportunity to make a difference around the globe. And so uh, uh, part of my history is I used to lead uh, young adults uh, multiple times a year, often, uh, sometimes it's only once, but often it was multiple trips um, to Nepal and Tibet and India and South Africa. And I just, I, it's just, it's just so a part of, I believe, our DNA as a church. And I was just asking the Lord for more opportunities and asking the Lord for uh, just his heart. And then lo and behold, actually Andy contacted me and said, hey, I'm gonna be in Kansas City. We're traveling across the country and uh, gave me the weekend. And of course, I said, yeah, we'd love to have you. And then uh, during the conversations, it just was like a God story. And so um, I'm really excited about it. So I'm buzzing a little bit about God at work uh, among us. So grateful for you and grateful for what the Lord's doing um, among us. And really just confident that when we pray, it matters. Really, when we pray, God's at work. And so I don't know what situation you're, fa- you're facing. And um, I don't know what you're believing God for, or maybe in your 21 days of prayer, there was something that, um, that you put as a prayer point, but I want to encourage you that God hears prayer and that you're in a real relationship and, uh, it is not pretend it is the God of the universe that cares infinitely about every single prayer that you pray. So sermon before the sermon, um, uh, we're in a series called good God, say good God. And, uh, and, and here's kind of the vision of this series. It was to start this year talking about how great God is and really even in our fast to feast on God. And so oftentimes the new year starts with let's get a new you, but I wanted us just to start with let's look at God and let's feast on the attributes of God and kind of spread a table of the glories of God, spread a table of the attributes of God and just take week after week like a battering ram and just talk about how good God is. And so for me, the year before, uh, 2020, kind of the anthem for me was that song, I have lived in the goodness of God. And so as I was praying, I just felt like, I just think we need to camp out there. We need to just talk about how great our God is. And so we talked about him being a holy God and we've talked about him being a faithful God and a merciful God and a relational God. And Andy brought a missional God. And uh, today I'm gonna go after a jealous God, all right? So put your seatbelt on. Uh, let's go Exodus chapter 20. We're gonna read this. Then we'll go Exodus 34. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, that'd be great to uh, take those out. If you've got iPhones, go ahead and put them in the, I, the Bible app or the notes app and do not stray to anything else, beloved. All right. Uh, and uh, we'll go after this today. You feel good? I feel good. I just feel like, man, God is at work. I just love, there's this part of me that loves that like 
Everything that we were called to do on a Sunday, I don't care if it's a pandemic or a blizzard or what, we're doing it all today, baby. And so I just feel like, mm, it's the eye of the tiger. That's, a, that's not a worship song, but that's how I feel. Um, Exodus chapter 20, here we go. If you got your Bibles, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, here's the phrase, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations. See the heart of the, of the father right there, of those who love me and keep my commandments. So this is the great moment at Sinai. I wanna go forward, Exodus 34, because there's another moment where God's speaking with Moses here and we get the, the window into God being a jealous God. It's the story that we covered a few months ago where we talked about idols. It says this, do not worship any other God for the Lord. And then, but I wanted you to hear this phrase, whose name is jealous. So we got not just kind of random phrases in the scripture about God being a jealous God. We're talking right here, 10 commandments. We're talking Mount Sinai. He's a jealous God whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. Let's pray and go. Father, we love you today. And God, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, that we get to be a people that study who you are. And we thank you, Lord God, that even this phrase, jealous God, has got goodness all up in it. And I ask, Lord Jesus, for Holy Spirit revelation today on the word of God. I pray, Lord, that cold hearts would become soft and burn for God. We ask, Lord Jesus, that we would care about who you are and how beholding God transforms our lives. We put you at the center and we love you. Everybody said amen. amen. I don't know if you remember the song in 2009 that hit the top of the radio charts. I remember where I was the first time that I sang it because we sang it for about 30 minutes. I mean, it was a powerful song, hit the prayer meeting. It was a, prayer, a Friday night prayer meeting and we sang it, I think to almost midnight. It took over our young adult prayer meeting back in the day. Uh, but it was that song, How He Loves. You remember that song, How He Loves, How He Loves? It took you a, a while to learn it because we were talking about trees Burning, bending over and God being a hurricane. And it just, the lyrics were a little complicated. Some of them got deleted out by some Christian radio because God comes like a sloppy wet kiss. And they're like, we're not going to sloppy wet kiss. We'll be unforeseen kiss and had a little controversy around it. And, but the first phrase of that song, I mean, it was nominated for Dove Awards. It was up there is this phrase. He is jealous for me. It's that idea. He is jealous for me. It's the idea out of Exodus 20. It's the idea out of Exodus 34. But that, that song hit the top of the charts in American Christianity. Actually, we just experienced it too in 2018. Corey Asbury's song about the reckless love of God hit number one. And it's because it was this specific articulation of a God that will kick down any door. Remember that? There's no door you won't kick down. You're chasing after me. There's no mountain you won't climb up. There's no lie you won't. I mean, it's like, it's, you're coming after me. And that was the phrase. You're coming after me. And, and I think all of us love some of those songs because embedded in us is this fascination with the God that has this jealous love, this God who delights in us and loves us. And, and yet inherent in that word jealous is tricky because 
Because jealous is a hard word. Jealous, there's, we're, we're, we're not supposed to be jealous, but when the holy God is jealous for imperfect people, then your highest is actually him. And so he's not saying, hey, I'm jealous of you. He's saying, I'm jealous for you. It's a big difference between I'm jealous of you and I'm jealous for you because he's not jealous of you. He's not looking at your wealth and saying, wow, wish I had that. Man, look at that guy. He can buy that house. Whoa, that car. No, Psalm 50 says this, for the world is mine and all that is in it. You know, he's the creator. You know, he's God. You know, he's not fascinated with your wealth. He's not jealous of your wealth. He's not jealous of your power. I mean, you're like, dude, I'm pretty powerful. You should see me. I mean, I can bench press more than you. I mean, pick your power, physical power. I mean, the, how many people you can boss around? Your, your business, uh, your, I don't know, your leadership, your political power. He's the one that Psalm 33 says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. What a great Psalm. The stars were created by the breath of his mouth. <laughs> stars, that's power, baby. That's more than you can bench press. That's, I don't care how much power you think you got, how big your truck is, whatever you think your power is. It's, he's not jealous of your power. He's not jealous of your wealth. He's not jealous. There's nothing that you have where this idea of God being jealous of you exists. He's not, he's not jealous of your fame. Read Revelation, we read about forever and ever. The heavenly scene, fall down before him and cry, holy, holy, holy. It's, it's not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. It's a big difference. So don't get, don't get discouraged by the word jealous. Lock in on what it means. It's this God who is jealous for you. So here in Exodus 20, where God is saying it's a jealous God, or in Exodus 34 on Sinai, where he's saying, I'm a, I'm a jealous God, or his name is jealous. Contextually, you've got the people of Israel and he's saying, I'm, I'm the God that's all in with you. I'm the God that went in and rescued you and saved you. I'm the God that went and plague after plague, led you out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea. I'm all in with you. I want you to be all in with me. And so in that day and in that time where polytheism, which means that there's lots of gods. So they were different tribes and they would worship the sun god or the, the night God, or the war God. Here's Yahweh, and he's saying, I am not one of the gods. It's, it's, it's a big word, it's monotheism. I am one God. And we will not tolerate all the idols of the day or all the other gods of the land. There is one God. I am your God. I am all in with you. I rescued you. I saved you. I delighted in you. You're like a child that I brought out. I want what's best for you. I am your God. We're not doing polytheism. We're doing monotheism. We're doing one God. I am your God. I want you. And I'm jealous for you, which means I want you to myself and no other gods before me. And so here's God. And maybe when we understand the jealousy of God, it's really good news. Maybe when we understand what it looks like that he's jealous for me, love like a hurricane, I am a tree. You know, like maybe it's really, really good news that he desires all of you. 
that he doesn't want to share you, that he is a jealous God that wants all. And so God is this God that desires this exclusive relationship with you. He's not needy. It's not God needing you. No, God is self-sufficient, but he desires you. He wants an exclusive relationship with you. It's the best news. It's the news that changes everything. And the more that you understand the excellency of God. So we've talked about that he's faithful, that he's merciful, that he's relational, that he's holy. Once you kind of get all in with that, you start to go, wow, he is an awesome God. And the fact that he wants all of me, it's really good news. It's really actually my response to who he is, is is what I want all in. And the God that's all in with me, I want to be all in with God. But God desires an exclusive relationship. That's what he's like. And you could even take these 10 commandments and even think of them kind of like wedding vows. When Renata and I got married, um, it was kind of becoming vogue to have a, a, a quick wedding, right? Like, I don't know any of you guys were around in the year 2000, but, um, <laughs> uh, but I, I remember some of my friends were having a quick wedding and it was kind of like, let's just do this you know, real quick. And you wanted to get kind of the short-winded preacher. Well, I had my dad do the wedding, so we weren't going that route, right? And so um, Renata and I actually had two sermons in our wedding. Uh, we actually had multiple uh, people sing. We had a worship set and before it was over, and we planned it on our own. Like we just did it kind of the, you know, all right before, but um, our actual wedding day, our, our wedding was over two hours, everybody. And so uh, it was the longest wedding you've ever been to in your life. And, uh, and I remember being at the reception talking to this one guy and he was in his late seventies and uh, he came up to me and he goes, David, he's from Oklahoma. You know, he goes, David, that's the longest wedding I've ever been to in my life. You know, kind of like, that was awful. You know, but like really long. And, but, but when we're not and I, took vows, it was this statement, I'm all in with you, you're all in with me. It's all in. And so just like back then, where God says, hey, listen, the context of this, of, of Exodus 20 and the idea of the 10 commandments, this is, not, um, this is not do this so that I'll save you. This is, happens after God's already rescued them out of Egypt, right? So this is, in, this, is a, this is, hey, I've done, I, I have saved you. Here's what it looks like to do life with me, Yahweh. And so when we say, God, I, I'm undone that you saved me. I'm so grateful. My response is, I'm all in with you. And just like, just like you said to them, no other gods, uh, no other idols, God, I, I, I want you to have all of me. And he said, I'm jealous. I want all. Jesus talks this way in Matthew 22, 37. Love the Lord your God, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart. I'm all in with you. You and I know the temptation I, I, for me to just have my heart go in so many other directions. And yet his jealous love for you is the best thing for you. It's God. It's not sharing myself with others. It's got no other idols. Renan and I got married in 2000, but in 2003, uh, before we had kids, uh, we went on a cruise. And uh, so it was, it was awesome. And uh, I loved it. And uh, 
but I had a, a kind of an awkward moment uh, on the cruise. Um, we were uh, standing on the deck and this dude uh, walks up to Renata. No lie, I'm standing there. Uh, I mean, and I'm looking shredded and ripped, intimidating kind of guy. And this dude walks up to Renata. I mean, we're out at sea. I'm, I don't know where we are. And he walks up to her and he says, hey, I just want you to know you're the prettiest girl on this ship. Oh yeah, thank you for that. That's what happened inside of me. Now, what kind of husband if, am I if at that point I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, cool, whatever. No, 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 terrible husband. Here's what happens in a fantastic husband. It's, what's up, buddy? I don't care if you're six foot seven. What's up, let's go, right? Like, uh-uh, no, I, I'm jealous for her. <laughs> right? No way. In my heart was, ah, ain't, ain't nobody flirting with her tonight, brother. Ain't nobody flirting with her tonight. You with me? Yeah. And, and, and the truth is, is that uh, what was going on in the heart of Renata was, ain't nobody as awesome as David, <laughs> right? I mean, she's like, you don't know how awesome he is. I mean, you know, like, mm, right? Here's, here's, here's the reality. Our lives have the constant flirt, come up. Hey, allurement. Hey, I know that you've made this covenant with God, and I know that God's made this covenant with you, and it is a constant journey to say, God, I'm totally yours. And if we have our eyes on all the other loves, all the other idols, all the other affections, it's possible that in time, those things start to look good because you don't have your eyes on God. But when you're walking in covenant, you're close to him, you're with him, you know him, you spend time in the scriptures, you love him. And Renata had no temptation to that dude, <clears throat> right? Because she's in love with me. And same way, you've got this constant barrage of people just telling you, all these other idols are good for you. All these other things you should go after. And I wanna invite you today to see this jealous God that is jealous for you. He wants all your heart. And actually the greatest life lived is a life close to God now and in eternity. So the jealous God that loves you is actually really good news. The jealous God that delights in you is really good news. The jealous God that wants all of your hearts. This phrase this idea, it goes right on into Jesus' teachings, right through the, through the New Testament. It's, it's, we, we read it in Paul. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 11. He's talking to the church in Corinth and he says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. I'm, I'm jealous for you. I, 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 I want you to be totally all his. And I think that many times, even for me, when I um, have watched marriages that slowly drifted apart, so oftentimes it's not, it's not a terrible thing or a bad thing that became the wedge in the marriage. A lot of times it's misplaced affections. A lot of times it's a good thing that becomes a primary thing and then the spouse becomes a secondary thing and before too long, there's separation. Right, I remember, I mean, a, a pastor that as I was walking with him and he's calling me and telling me about what's going on in his life, the pain with his 
wife and I'm sitting over coffee trying to figure out how on earth, how, how this marriage is starting to crumble. And she looked across the table as I'm, I'm digging in trying to help and she said, he loves ministry more than he loves me. Now, listen to that. That's not he had an affair. That's not he loves something bad. That's not he's cheating or stealing. It's he has misplaced affection, something higher than me. And you listen to the pain in the heart of the covenant partner that says there's something else in first place, right? Listen, Yahweh, the God that you have this covenant relationship with, he's first place. And just like in a marriage, he, but he, I mean, he's the God who is omniscient. He sees all things, he knows. And he's going, listen, I'm all in with you. I saved you. I sent my son Jesus to die for you. I, I want you, I desire you, I love you. And my desire for all of you is the best thing for you. Temptation for us to go, no, no, no. I'm gonna go flirt with every other dude on this ship, baby. Right? I, I, listen, best thing for you is all in with God. It's the God who delights in you, loves you. So God's jealousy, it's not that he lacks anything. It's his jealousy is actually comes from his love. So some people think maybe God is jealous because he is, you know, He's not self-sufficient. No, he is self-sufficient. But out of his overflow of love, he has so much capacity that he, he invites you into relationship. And he goes to the weak, broken person and says, I wanna invite you in. That's who your God is. It's a God who has jealous love for you. And so I was thinking about God and in his love for you, in his desire for you, he wants to destroy the thing that's destroying you. So if wealth is destroying you, or the, sorry, the love of money, or if the love of another person, or um, the love of fame, the love of power, if there's some other affection that's first place in your life, God wants to destroy the thing that's the wedge that's keeping you between you and him. And in his jealous love, he'll, he'll go after that. And that's not comfortable, right? Like we don't like that, right? At first in our pain, but man, that, that's actually God at work. I, I think of it the way that Jesus went after the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler says, hey, I'll, I'll come and follow. And Jesus says, go and, go and sell all that you have. Now, when we look at the scriptures, we, we know that Jesus doesn't look at every single person and says, go sell all that you have. But with the rich young ruler, he specifically was going after that last little fraction that hadn't, wasn't fully surrendered. And he'll do that for us. He'll say, I, I, I want all. Oftentimes it's that last little bit that we don't want to give where we actually find life and freedom when we finally give all. I mean, remember when Jesus said that uh, to the man? He said, first, let me go bury my father. And he said, let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus is going, oh, no, 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 no. Even a good thing like family, I wanna be first place. Actually, you're better off, come follow me. If you die to yourself, take up your cross and come 100% after me, all of me. And so if you'll lock in with, God, I give you everything and I'm, I welcome you to, to destroy the thing that's destroying me. Now, we don't ever say, this is, this is the idol in my life. We never, well, I mean, that's hard for us. 
We like to pretend that idol's not there. But oftentimes you'll see it as you pray, as you fast, as you seek God, and God will help you start to understand this is the thing that's between God and I. And God, I give it to you. I surrender it to you. I remember when I was in college um, uh, in Oklahoma City, and there was this coffee shop called Java Joint right across from campus. And I used to sit there with this other theology major, and we just talked theology. We had books stacked high. It was pre-internet, so it was all books. Imagine that. And, uh, and, I, and I just remember in his journey, uh, he was working on a master's degree, so he was a little older than I was. He was engaged to be married. And, uh, and, 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 and he, he his, sorry, his, he had been engaged to be married, and then his fiance died of cancer. And so I was friends with him after that had happened. And we're sitting there one day, I think he was about 26, and, uh, and he begins to just tell me about how he's helping some of the local high schools with their cancer drive. And he's suddenly talking about it with passion and assemblies and cancer carnivals and how much money raised and thermometers on, you know, paper graphs, you know, that were written in the hallway of the high school and how, and his vision to raise X amount of dollars in the city and how, and you can just, I mean, he is all in with this cancer drive and, and you get down to motive. What, what causes this, this, this energy, this anger towards cancer? It's that my friend, he wanted to destroy the disease that it destroyed his bride. He's all out to crush it, wants it gone. And you have a God that wants to crush the thing that's crushing you, wants to destroy the thing that's destroying you because he wants you, because he wants life with you because he loves you. And so sometimes we go through that and it's painful to say, okay, God, I give to you my love of fame. I just want everybody to like me. God, I, I give to you my, my need for security. God, I give to you my, pick the thing that stands between you and God and your God in his love for you wants to destroy the thing that's between you. Wants to come in and crush the thing that's actually destroying you. And you, you don't realize it. You, we, we tend to take our pet idol and just pretend like it's all okay. But trust me, the God of the universe in his love for you, in his jealous love says, this is not polytheism. This is not multiple idols. There is one God and he wants your whole heart. He's all in with you. He loves you. He's after you. And he wants the first commandment to be first in your life. He wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's like a God that in his jealous love for you refuses to give up on you. And, that's, that's, and I want you to see that because that jealous love, that love, it's, it is so committed to your highest good that even though these things might be painful, surrendering that thing that you love because you love God even more, it's out of his delight, his love for you, and he won't give up on you. He is like a father that refuses to give up. That is the story in Luke 15. The story in Luke 15, there's three different parables, but the story of the father who's waiting on the son, the prodigal son, the story of the woman looking for the coin, the lost coin, 
Story of shepherds going out after the leaves of 99 to go find the one sheep. All of it is the story of this one who refuses to give up. And he is that jealous for you. He refuses to give up on you. You say, David, I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. I'm too far. I'm too done. I have too many idols in my life. I not only tolerate idols, I secretly love idols. He's after you. He won't give up on you. He loves you. I remember I was in a small group and uh, it was a men's small group where we would gather together uh, late night, this is pre-kids, uh, and we'd sit at Denny's from 10 to midnight, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m., Woohoo! different season of life. And, uh, but I, I remember this group of guys and, and uh, a big part of our passion was to study the word together, but we would also encourage each other in righteousness and holiness and just making decisions that look like Jesus. And so uh, we'd sit there and I mean, every week it was, it was, it was, I mean, for those of you that work out, this was just like all kinds of wrong, you know, like late night breakfast food. It was bad. I mean, but we loved it when you just be plowing. I, I was, I was plowing moons over my hand, Miami, my hammy, like every week. And I mean, that was like, it was good, but I'll never forget one, uh, one night where one of the guys didn't show, then he didn't show again. Then the next week, it was about a third week that he didn't show up. He'd been a, a, a man that was after God. and He just cold turkey, just quit the group. So one of the other guys told us about his story and said, yeah, he's like, he's full on going after some, some, some sinful things. And he's just decided to punt on this group. And you know, you kind of have a moment there where you're like, what are we gonna do here? You know, like this is a dude that's like, he's been after God. I mean, this is a good guy. This is a guy that we love. And so you had some of the kind of the ideas in the group, like maybe we should just give him some space. And I don't know why, but I just said, guys, we're, I, I drove in a Suzu rodeo at the time. And I said, guys, we're gonna jump in my rodeo and we are going to his apartment right now. And they were like, that's a little strong. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I just, let's just go. So we literally, we all piled in, actually took a couple cars for all of us to get there, came knocking on his door at about 11.30 p.m. And we just, I mean, knocking on the door, he opens up the door and all of us just walk right on in. And we're just like, mm, let's talk, brother. You, now, let me tell you, that conversation started off painful. Who do you think you are? You know, luckily there were seven of us. So I was like, what's up? I mean, you know, like... Started off with a whole lot of pain and tension, but it ended in tears of surrender. And the next week he was back in that group again. You know, let me tell you this. There's something in the heart of a jealous love that goes, we're going after him. Going after him, not letting him go. And you've got a father like that. You've got a God that says, no, 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 no. I'm not done with you. And we kind of think, I, those guys wouldn't want me back in the group. God wouldn't want me back. But let me tell you, over and over again, we find in the scriptures, we find Yahweh. He's the one, he's, I mean, he is this patient God. He won't give up on Israel. Jesus doesn't give up on Peter. Come on, Pete. I'm coming after you, buddy. <laughs> but I denied you three times. Shut up, boy. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I'm just telling you, it's a narrative all the way through the Bible. He's coming out, oh, it's Corey's song, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of Yahweh. 
I mean, what door, what door does he have to kick down to be number one in your life again? What door? What's the thing that's standing there between you and God? You know it. You know the thing that is easy to allow right now. I mean, big Christian word, idol. Call it a rival. The rival to God in your life right now. Thing that you tolerate, but it steals affection for God. It's something that's in competition with God. We might not use words like the tribes back then, multiple gods, that's not really part of our language, but it should be. Because whatever holds first place, whatever's number one. But we have a God who, in his infinite love for you, I mean, I was thinking about it this way, like there's 7 billion people on the planet and God in his infinite love for each one, I mean, infinite love for each one. It's, it's less than, like I have four kids. If I, if I go, uh, you know what, I, I got three kids that I'm in relationship with and one of them that hates me. I'm not okay. I'm aiming for all four, right? I mean, God in, his, in, in, in being infinite, it, seven, seven billion people on the planet is less for him than four is for me. He's, he's the God that he can love each one infinitely and uniquely. So my relationship with each of my four children is different and unique. I'm jealous for each one of them. And he's that way with you. You're not just one in a sea of lost humanity. Think about a father's delight in a child. And that's how your father is with you. And he can handle, <laughs> he's got a minivan that's got over 7 billion seats in it. I mean, he can handle, he's after you. I'll just close with one last story. And that's this, I, I was with a buddy of mine in Washington, D.C. And he said, uh, he said, David, can I take you to the place where I surrender my life to Christ? I said, yeah, let's go. So we took an Uber. I, don't, I mean, we went to the spot on the mall in D.C., way in the very, very back. And I mean, the, his fascination. My buddy was so excited to show me. And then he just told me the story. And he said, this is the spot where I gave my life. And I finally just said, God, you can have it all. He said, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad, uh, loved me, chased me down when I went into a life of immorality, life of partying, life of rebellion, really just running as far from God as I possibly could. Got in trouble with the law years and years and years. And his dad, in an attempt to just try to keep loving his son, said, I wanna, I wanna pay for you to come with me to Washington, D.C., 1997, Promise Keepers, it's the day that had hundreds of thousands of men at the mall in DC. And uh, he took his adult son with him. And there in the porta potty, in the back of the mall, he gave his life to Jesus and said, I'm done running. And he gave his life to the Lord. And he told me the story about his earthly father that didn't give up on him. But with tears in his eyes, he 
He said, it's my heavenly father that I was a mess. I ran as far as I could from my family, as far as I could from God. But God just kept kicking down those doors. He just kept coming after me. <laughs> and a porta potty on the mall in DC, he said, you can have it all. I just wonder if for you and me, it's not that day. We just say, God, you can have it all. Maybe for some of you today, you're like my buddy and you're far from God and you just wanna surrender your life to Jesus. I wanna invite you to do that today. Maybe you're someone that you go, I got an idol in my life. And today you wanna give that to God and say, be first place. I'm not flirting with anybody else on this ship. You're number one. Just bow your heads with me. Maybe today is your day like my buddy in DC. And this is the time and this is the place. Valentine's Day, pandemic, blizzard. I surrender all. Maybe today's your day to say, I want Jesus. I am the prodigal. I am the person that needs God. I'm far from God and I want him. If that's you today, I just wanna to pray with you. I'm not gonna have you come forward or anything like that, but if that's you, would you just raise your hand, slip it up and just put it right down again in this room or on the, in the chats, if you would just mark it right there and just say, that's me. I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. Just repeat this prayer between you and God. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. I surrender. Thank you for your love for me, your jealous love. No door you won't kick down. You're coming after me. And I today give you my life. Change me and make me a new person. I surrender. If you're in your house or in the room today and you're going, I got some idols. I got one idol. Just between you and God, would you just give it to God? And then say, God, be first place. I'm all in with you. No idols. I give you everything. I give you all. Be first place in my life again. Father, I pray for every person at Radiant Church. We ask, Lord Jesus, that we would have no other gods, that our affection will be wholehearted Number one, for God. God, you can have it all. The areas in our lives that aren't fully surrendered, take them. We pray that you would take us into seasons where you become first place. Crush pride, greed, lust, rage, revenge, fear, anger, all the things that keep us distant from you. Be number one. We love you. We love loving you. And all of Radiant Church said amen. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy.
affections are for me and Can you do that? Let's just go every direction if you're comfortable. Just, yeah, just north, south, east, west. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, we pray for Kansas City. God, we ask, Lord God, would you work in power? Father, we pray for the churches across Kansas City. We ask that they would be a light here in south Kansas City. God, over on the east side, Father, in the west, downtown, up in the north. We're asking, Lord Jesus, that you would be at work in every single church that's declaring Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus is Lord of all. And Lord God, we love you. We thank you that you're at work. Holy Spirit, have your way. God, do a fresh work. God, we love you and we give you everything. And all of Radiant Church said amen. Let's give King Jesus a shout out today. Can you do that? So good.